You're listening to the White House and the Press Podcast. Hello, and thanks for listening to this episode of the White House and the Press Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Gibson. Urban legend has it that Theodore Roosevelt was the first president to invite journalists into the White House. As the story goes, Teddy saw a group of reporters standing outside the White House in the cold and in the rain, and in an act of pity invited them in, giving them a place to do their reporting indoors. Historians have debated whether or not this tale is an accurate one. In a post on its website, the White House Correspondents Association says a group of journalists were working inside the White House two administrations prior, pointing to letters written by then-Washington Star reporter William W. Price, who would later become the first president of the White House Correspondents Association. Either way, reporters have played an important role in the White House for a long time, covering the president and the activities of his administration. Of course, this role has changed over the years, from the presidencies of people like Teddy Roosevelt, to John F. Kennedy, to Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and now even Donald Trump. To get a better idea of what it's been like to cover the White House in more recent years, I had a conversation with veteran White House correspondent Stephen Tama. Tama is currently executive director of the White House Correspondents Association. Before that, he spent around 30 years covering national politics, with much of that time being spent covering the presidents, presidential candidates, and the White House. I spoke with Tama about these experiences to try to get a better understanding of how the press covers the president and why this is important to our system of American democracy. Here's part of our conversation. I know you're executive director of the White House Correspondents Association now, but I'd like to talk a little bit about your years spent covering the White House and the president. Sure. Sure. So first, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into political reporting? Um, Was covering the president something you knew you always wanted to do, or was it something you kind of stumbled into later in life? How did that get started? Well, I I grew up and went to school in Chicago, and uh, Chicago is a very, very political city. You know, there's some cities that are more political than others, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, Chicago jump to mind, where politics is like a blood sport. So even in elementary school, and certainly in high school and college, I was increasingly aware of and fascinated by politics, Uh, city hall politics in Chicago, and presidential politics. Uh, The first president I ever laid eyes on myself was John F. Kennedy. I was a very, very young student in a Catholic school in Chicago, and he came to Chicago, and that was a big deal in Chicago. And we went to see the motorcade go by. Uh, The Catholic schools let kids out to go see John Kennedy. And I got the bug, and I had the bug all the time. And I I was torn between covering City Hall in Chicago or the White House. And uh, when I graduated from college in Chicago, uh, I wanted to work for one of the daily newspapers in Chicago. And unfortunately, uh, the Chicago Daily News folded and the job started to dry up, so I was uh, working in a wire service, and I realized I would probably have to leave town, and I kicked around the Midwest, uh, moving a small paper to a bigger paper, and, and eventually said, I can't get back to Chicago. The jobs are just not there anymore, and so I figured I'd settle for the White House and started working toward a Washington bureau or a company that had 
room to grow, and I, I signed on with the Knight Ritter chain and uh, came here in the end of 86 and have been covering uh, politics and the White House pretty much ever since. Right. And you've covered every president from Ronald Reagan to today Donald Trump. Um, what has right. that been like? I know that's probably a broad question, but... <laughs> well, it's an it's a open-ended question that could take about four hours. Uh, but I would, I would say there are two or three parts of it summary. One is the excitement. If you love history and poli- presidential politics, uh, the White House is the epicenter. It's, the, it's ground zero of, of American, if not world, politics and policy. And, uh, and I physically, just to be in the White House to this day is an exciting thing for those of us who love it. To walk out at the end of the day and turn around and see it lit up. I, every White House reporter I know who's been doing it one week or 40 years still turns around and gets a thrill out of being at the White House. Uh, so that's part of it. The second part, of course, is the politics. The campaigns are terrific. You get to travel the country and for me in particular, not just see the candidate, but talk to voters. And the voters are great. Uh, a lot of them increasingly skeptical of talking to the press, but I find once you talk to them a little bit, they just really want to talk about what they are interested in, uh, what they like, what they don't like. And I love that part, the politics and the conventions and the campaigns. And then the third part is the policy, and, uh, and that's terrific because whether it's taxes or terrorism, uh, by the time it gets to the White House, it's a major issue in this country, and I always like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to describe a day in the life of a White House correspondent or um, kind of the oh. day-to-day responsibilities? I know there are, every day is probably very different, but... Sure, it, it is different. Uh, one of the things about being a White House reporter versus being, say, a defense reporter at the Pentagon or a Supreme Court reporter is... White House reporters are kind of what we used to call a jack of all trades and a master of none. <laughs> you have to be a little bit of an expert on everything, but you don't get to be really deep. For example, a Supreme Court reporter, a lot of them are actual attorneys, and they cover the law. Or if you're a defense reporter, you become really good on weapon system and strategies. But at the White House, one day the subject could be a terrorist attack, so you got to know a little bit about that. And the next day, like today, right now, the president is having lunch with five members of the Senate Finance Committee to talk about taxes. So you got to be a little bit knowledgeable about taxes. So every day, the White House is going to have three or four or six different things popping up. And White House correspondents have to be able to know how to ask about each of them. And some are better at it than others, in all candor. Uh, And that's why uh, you see the briefing, the daily news briefing, often bounces around about a lot of different things. And the press secretary often, if you watch on camera, actually has a binder. Because sometimes the question will be about a Russia investigation of Donald Trump. They know what they want to say about that. Or it's about the tax cuts and they know. But some reporter might ask about what's going on in Nigeria. And frankly, even the best press secretaries will have to flip the page to see, to remind themselves when was the last meeting we had here at the White House on Nigeria uh, so that's the exciting part about the White House correspondence job is you're not exactly sure what's going to happen every day, and that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. So as a White House correspondent, um, were you sitting in those daily press briefings, or I don't know if they were daily, but press briefings and meeting with the press secretary? 
What was that relationship like? Well, I, I did it the most. Um, Bill Clinton, uh, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not been. I was an editor the last couple of years, so I didn't. I haven't covered Donald J. Trump. I haven't gone. I've been. I haven't sat through the briefing as a reporter. Um, the relationship varies. You know, obviously under Donald Trump, it's been strained. The relationship between the White House press corps and the press office. I think more so under Sean Spicer than it has been under Sarah. I think the stress level has actually dropped a little bit. Uh, but I also covered the year of Bill Clinton's impeachment when it was very stressed. The relationship was strained. Right. Uh, and while Mike McCurry was the press secretary at the time, and he had cordial relations with the press, but the subject matter was a stressful one for the president because he was impeached and in danger of being thrown out of office. And there were questions every single day for a year. We, we followed him around the world. Uh, I remember on one trip in China in the summer of 98, and that's all the questions we asked. None of them were about China. All of them were about Monica Lewinsky <laughs> and the president's affair. And So that always makes a White House press relationship a little strained. Uh, same thing with George W. Bush. He personally had terrific relations with White House reporters, uh, he gave a lot of interviews. I remember I got five or six interviews with him in the first year. And I, uh, reporters, if they have a bias, it's towards access and news. They want to get access. So, yeah, reporters personally like George W. Bush. But then, when after the Iraq War started to go bad, things got very stressful. Uh, the questions were tougher, and the White House didn't like it. It seems like it kind of reflects what's going on in the country and in the administration at the sure. time. Absolutely. When things when things are going well, when we have peace and prosperity, and the president's poll numbers are pretty good, let's say in north of fifty percent, the questions are a little more policy driven, a little more, I wouldn't say friendly, but when things start to go bad, the president's had a scandal, you know, been impeached or about to be impeached, a war has gone bad, and it turns out the intelligence was was wrong, or the economy is going bad, really bad. Or there's a you know a big investigation into the previous election, things get a little stressful because the questions get tougher. Mm-hmm. How have you seen those tensions rise in the current administration with Donald Trump? Um, I know that's something that a lot of journalists and just people who pay attention to this kind of thing have been talking about. Um, is that is Trump's relationship with the press something that concerns you, and if so, why? Well, there's two parts to the president, the current president's relation with the press, and I, I think there's definitely two things. One is his rhetoric, and back into the, you know, well into the campaign, and to, to this day, he talks about the press largely as as uh, the fake news or uh, enemies of the people. That's his generic description of the press, and that's unique. We've not seen that uh, in a long, long time. Then there's his personal relationship, whether he will take questions from the press or do interviews. And that, that's actually improved a little bit over the last couple months. Uh, he's having more press conferences, not full one-hour press conferences in the East Room, just him standing there fielding questions. But he has done a lot more with foreign leaders. When a foreign leader is at the White House or the president is in another country like Japan recently, uh, often they'll take a few questions, usually two per country. Each leader will take two. You know, if he did an hour, he might take 15. So, 
But he's, he's been stopping to talk to the press on the plane. Uh, you know, we have a small contingent of press in the back of Air Force One. He's been stopping on his way in and out of the house to talk when he's going to the helicopter uh, to take a few questions. So that part of the relationship, uh, I, you know, we always want more access to the president because that's the center of decision-making. Uh, but it's gotten a little better. Um. What are your concerns with this administration? I mean, I know you mentioned the rhetoric, but is there anything else that concerns you about this well, state of it right now? Well, twofold. I, I, I don't want to brush off the rhetoric because that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the press, and I'm not just talking about the White House press, the, the press writ large, uh, had a bit of a you know a credibility problem before January 20th of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump didn't, in, in you know invent this. The reality is the the American news media has had a little bit of a credibility problem with some Americans for some time. Uh, But he's magnified it, at least among his supporters. And uh, to kind of delegitimize the press as an institution of our society, you know, envisioned by the founding fathers to say that they uh, basically they're they're all liars and if you you don't like it, you can just dismiss it. Uh, I think that, you know, that's a problem. That's a, that's, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean, wouldn't mean, I wouldn't just, I, I probably brushed that off, and I, I shouldn't have. Um, other concerns? Well, we like I said, we'd, we'd like to have more full press conferences, you know, an hour of just the president. I, I don't know why he doesn't do it more. I, uh, I think he likes talking. Uh, clearly, he's very confident in his ability. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why he doesn't explain. You know, just stand up more often and say, I'm, I'm going to do this for an hour. We, we hope he does. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what your organization, the White House Correspondents Association, does and um, how that shapes the way journalists cover the White House? Or Right. Well, we're, we're kind of the support system for the White House Press Corps. We do everything from uh, helping manage the workspace and who has a seat in the briefing room and who has a seat in the workspace behind, uh, you know, behind the briefing room. Uh, we help manage travel logistics. You know, the press pays its own way, both on Air Force One and in the press plane. We had a press plane in, uh, for the Asia trip, uh, five countries. The WHCA officers and board members help manage all that. We manage the pool of reporters that rotates for who can be close. You know, we can't fit all of us on the airplane, so we have a small group that goes. We rotate that. And WHCA board members who are working journalists take care of that. Um, so we do we do all of that, all that support system to help the press do its job. And we lobby every week to get the press more access to the president and his senior staff, literally Every week, for example, our board has nine members elected by the press corps, and they're all working journalists. And every week, one of them has is a duty officer. So when we get advanced knowledge from our uh, report from the White House of what the president's going to do the following week, the WHCA starts looking for well opportunities to see or question the president if he's going to have an event in the in the East Room on Wednesday say, with a group of teachers, and it says closed press, well, we, we, our members start lobbying. Well, why can't we at least get our cameras in there uh, for video or pictures, but also to have someone you know, maybe yell out a question or two? 
and that's that's constant. That's that that's constant vigilance on the part of the the Correspondence Association Board to always be questioning, asking, challenging, cajoling, pleading, whatever it takes, so the White House press can do its job. So really just supporting those journalists who are covering the White House? That's our our main thing. Now, we have two additional things uh, that we we support uh, journalism beyond the briefing room. One is through journalism scholarships. we have uh, university partners in 10 states that we, we finance scholarships for journalism students. And uh, I'm sorry, Western Kentucky is not one of our existing <laughs> partners, but you're going to be graduating before we could give you a check anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and the other thing we do is we uh, advocate or try to educate the public about the role of the press, particularly in the White House. And we do that through panels and events Uh, with students or in other venues around the country. Speaking of educating the public, is there anything that you wish more people understood about the work of journalists in Washington, D.C. or White House correspondents? Well, I think, you know, particularly given the president's megaphone, that, and, and it's echoed by some of his supporters, that we actually make things up, that it's fake, that it, for example, if he sees a poll that he doesn't like the results, he says, well, that's made up. It's hard to convince people that I don't know of any journalist who covers the White House who actually would make things up. I just, I've never seen that happen, uh, particularly to make up something like a poll or or uh, uh, stories where you have multiple sources. It's just the media doesn't work that way. And I'm not talking about one outlet. I'm talking about we represent you know, everyone across the political spectrum. The, the media now has liberal outlets, it has conservative outlets, it has outlets that are pretty down the middle, and we represent all of them. And uh, I think if you look at the broad picture, they all, I don't think any of them make things up. Mm-hmm. Looking back at your career, what have been some of the highlights? Have there been presidents who have been the most exciting to cover or specific news events that you look back at and realize that was really a great thing to be a part of? Well, all the presidents I've covered have been uh, exciting and mm-hmm. interesting to cover. Uh, covering the impeachment of Bill Clinton was unique because we haven't done that often in our history, and I covered that nothing but for about 15, 16 months. Uh, covering the election of Barack Obama as the first African-American president was a very interesting phenomenon. Uh, covering 9-11, I worked for a company called Knight Ritter at the time, and I was the lead writer here in Washington of 9-11, and that was unique and very interesting. I would say uh, the foreign travel, covering a president overseas, uh, was has been one of the best parts of the job to see interaction with the president and a foreign leader and a foreign people uh, was always fascinating. I, I went with Bill Clinton, for example. He was the first president to go to China uh, after the Tiananmen Square protests when we kind of shut down relations for about a decade. Uh, that was great. Uh, went to sub-Saharan Africa with George W. Bush. That was a terrific thing. You get to see a lot of the world through the prism of uh, American diplomacy. It's a great great part of the job. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's all the questions I had to ask, unless there's anything else you'd like to add. 
No, it, it's a. I mean, about the job, it's a terrific job. It's a. It's it's an important job. I've often said, and I say it again. It's the founding fathers actually wrote this job into the Constitution. There are very few jobs in the Constitution. The president's job is in there. The members of Congress, the Supreme Court, and the free press, and they put it in there for a reason. And the reason is to keep an eye on the others: mm-hmm. the Supreme Court, the president, and the Congress. You know, we're not. They put the. They didn't give us the First Amendment protection just so we could write about baseball or football. Although that's, you know, clearly a job a lot of people like. Uh, they put us in there to ask tough questions and be a you know, check on the government, and that's uh, that makes it a, a terrific and uh, very fulfilling job. Sometimes unpopular with the supporters of the other side, the other, you know, the the party in power that's getting probed and questioned and challenged. But that's part of our system, and that, that's, a, that's a vital and important thing. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the White House in the Press podcast, where we learned a little more about the job of a White House correspondent. And special thanks to Stephen Tama for taking time to tell us about his career. Until next time, I'm your host, Helen Gibson. Thanks for listening. The White House and the Press podcast is a project created for the Flyshecker Green Scholars in First Amendment Studies program at Western Kentucky University. To view more research, projects, and reflections from this class, check out our website at wkujournalism.com slash whitehouseandpress. Again, that's wkujournalism.com slash whitehouseandpress. And if you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes of this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes.